Welcome aboard to Cruise Radio, your home port for everything cruising and more. Subscribe to our newsletter and weekly radio show at cruiseradio.net. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Make sure you hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all at cruiseradio.net. On this show, we're going to talk to the captain and hotel director of the Queen Victoria as it made its maiden visit to Port Canaveral. She is a gorgeous ship, too. Yeah, you were down there, Doug. Yeah, there was a plaque and key ceremony down there, followed by a great luncheon. We're also going to talk to a couple of doctors who have invented golf balls made out of lobster shells. It's genius because it's quite environmentally friendly, especially for the passengers hitting golf balls off cruise ships. But first, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is with us. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Hey, man. All right, let's get right to it. Windstar Cruises is being sold. First of all, who's going to buy, and will it affect current and future sailings? They're being bought by Whipperwill Associates, which is a White Plains, New York-based investment firm, uh, for an undisclosed uh, sum. But the good news is that they intend to operate all of Windstar's current cruises as schedules and maintain essentially the company, the customer programs and policies, and charters as is. We have some breaking news from Disney Cruise Lines, I understand. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we just heard that uh, Disney allegedly, because nothing's been confirmed yet, uh, but uh, the Houston uh, newspapers are claiming that uh, Disney Cruise Line will announce on Wednesday morning that Disney Magic will set sail from Galveston. So this will make the fifth ship, fifth cruise ship, to be sailing out of Galveston in 2012. And i got to tell you, that's, that's a real shocker. Yeah, is there going to be enough docks there? Well, you know, depending on which days you know, all five ships are leaving from, yeah. but considering that 80% of all the cruise passengers that depart from Galveston are sourced from Texas. So this will put quite a strain to fill a fifth big ship during the, uh, the, the winter-spring uh, season. So, you know, five ships, that's a lot of beds to fill, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the surrounding areas. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised Disney chose Galveston uh, over, let's say, you know, Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, and moving on to Central Florida here, we've had some bad storms here lately, and I understand last Wednesday the Carnival Pride got ripped away from the dock at Port Canaveral because of strong winds. Yeah, that was uh, quite a shocker, but, uh, and, I mean, that, that happens, I mean, maybe a handful of times over 20 years, but uh-huh. uh, there was some significantly uh, disturbing weather, and the ship was ripped from its moorings, but the good news is that uh, none of the passengers uh, was injured, the ship wasn't damaged, and they were able to uh, get the ship uh, redocked. You're like, what do they do in a situation like that? Do they use, like, the thrusters or tugboats? How do they get it back to the dock? Well, what they'll do is exactly the way they bring the ship in to begin with, they do use the bow and stern thrusters okay. to, to move the ship back. And great news for the Costa Atlantica. They got an A-plus 100% on their Center for Disease Control inspection. My question to you, are cruise ships subject to the same kind of inspections as land-based hotels and restaurants? The CDC inspections of the cruise ships is much more rigorous than, than the hotels and, and restaurants. And the good news is that the cruise ships, uh, most cruise ships, continuously score extremely high, if not perfect, uh, scores. And another royal rendezvous. Two more of Cunard's ships met up. Elizabeth met her older sister, the Queen Elizabeth II, who's uh, moored over in Dubai, right? Yeah, and uh, it, it's unfortunate, but you know, several years ago uh, when Carnival Corp sold uh, the uh, incredibly, you know, the, essentially the world's most popular cruise ship, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, to uh, Dubai. Uh, it was supposed to have been, you know, part of a, a much larger complex and, you know, refitted to become a, a hotel. But uh, 
and it was, as well as it was supposed to have gone to the uh, the World Cup soccer last year to be a floating hotel. But uh, you know, with the economy, uh, everything has just kind of fallen through, and unfortunately, the former QE2 is is stuck there, just kind of wasting away. So let's get this straight. This company buys the ship for $100 million from the Carnival Corporation and just docks it in Dubai and just lets it sit there for these years? It wasn't, it wasn't $100 million. It was supposed to be part of a $100 million complex. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, the actual sale was probably around 35 or $40 million. But they were supposed to put $100 million into the ship, uh, you know, or, or total, you know, after the refurbishments and then as well as the, the docking area for it, uh, you know, to, you know, to complement this, you know, beautiful ship. Wow. But, uh, you know, Dubai, just like a lot of the other markets, uh, has been has been hit, by, you know, with, with difficult times. I mean, the, what do they call it, the Jumanji Tower? Yeah. <laughs> Sits largely empty. Uh, other than uh, Tom Cruise scaling the sides, not much has been going on there. <laughs> So uh, you know it, uh, it it'll you know it'll be interesting to see what they do over the over the next couple of years. As always, Stuart, thank you for the excellent information. Alrighty. Last week, Doug was down in Port Canaveral to check out the Queen Victoria, which made its maiden visit to the port. Big celebration. Yeah, it was pretty big down there. The plaque and key exchange, it was nice and short. There was mayors, commissioners, uh, local dignitaries, and uh, Central Florida media all down there covering the event. Basically, what they did is the... The local folks gave the ship plaques and keys. The ship gave the local folks plaques and keys. Then we had a nice luncheon. We toured the ship and wrapped things up. Now, was it the Queen Victoria headed to Southampton on a uh, transatlantic crossing? Yeah, it was on a 16-night Odyssey voyage. It started in Fort Lauderdale, then it hit Port Canaveral, then up to New York, then going back down to Bermuda, and then over to uh, Southampton. Right after the break, Doug is going to talk to the captain of the Queen Victoria. Port Hole Cruise Magazine is celebrating its 15-year anniversary. To say thanks for your support, they're offering Cruise Radio listeners a special subscription rate of 10 issues for $15. To receive this offer, listeners who are U.S. residents can go to porthole.com subscription page and log in with promo code CRUISERADIO or call 800-776-PORT. That's 800-776-7678 and mention Cruise Radio. Have you been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean? Cruise One. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise One. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun. Hazana. Or New England. Or Canada. Or Italy. Or Greece. Or the Far East. Or how about a cruise around the whole world? Cruise One. Got a dream vacation for you. Cruise One. Better send you on your way. Cruise One. Number one in Cruise One has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll-free 1-800-CRUISE and the number one. That's 1-800-CRUISE-1 or find us online at cruiseone.com. Number one in cruising nationwide. If you're like Doug and you rack up a $500 texting and cellular phone bill <laughs> while you're cruising, you've uh-huh. got to look into this. Again, the AT&T Cruise Ship Passport. Stay in touch while you're out at sea. $35 a month. The package provides the following services while on the cruise ship cellular network. 15 minutes of voice and 15 messages sent. That's text, picture, and video. 
The cool thing about this package from AT&T is the fact that you can turn it on and off as you cruise. I'm turning mine on, and I'm turning mine right back off until my next trip. This way, I'm not always getting charged $35 a month. Service is available on more than 140 cruise ships while on the Cellular Sea Network. For a list of cruise ships, go to att.com slash travel guide. To sign up for the AT&T Cruise Ship Passport, log on to your AT&T wireless account at att.com slash mywireless or call 916-843-4685. Overage rates are $249 a minute, 50 cents per text message sent, and $1.30 per picture or video message sent. Messages received while on the cruise ship will continue to be charged at your normal domestic rate. Joining us aboard the Queen Victoria, Captain Christopher Riddent. Thanks for being on Cruise Radio. It's a great pleasure to be here in Port Canaveral today on our lovely liner, the Queen Victoria. Captain, let me ask you, uh, how long have you been a captain? Just over 10 years now, uh, and for the last five of those years, it's been with the Cunard liners. Originally the Queen Elizabeth II, then the Queen Mary II, and now our lovely Queen Victoria. And I've been here since she was building in the yard in Italy. So this is the Queen Victoria's maiden voyage here in uh, Port Canaveral. So what does this mean for you as a captain? It's always exciting to bring our guests to new destinations, and so it's the freshness of it, and as we see by today's welcome, a very good occasion. A lot of folks say, I've never done a transatlantic crossing, but a lot of folks say the weather in the North Atlantic can be quite dicey, especially in the wintertime. How true is that? It's quite true. So what comes of this is first, where you program the ship, and second, what type of ship you have doing that. Now, our Queen Mary II is the most comfortable ship in any sort of weather in the world, and she does regular transatlantics, immensely strong, powerful, large. We are doing the southern or the sunny route. So we go from here to the Bahamas, then to Bermuda, then to the Azores, and uh, then to Portugal, and then work our way up from there. So a transatlantic, yes, but taking the calmer route. Captain, thank you so much for being on Cruise Radio. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. Queen Victoria with Entertainment Director Keith Maynard. Welcome to Cruise Radio, man. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. First off, how long have you been an Entertainment Director for? Um, well, about five years in total now. I've been at sea 11 years, but uh, an Entertainment Director for five years. What did you do before that? Uh, I was an actor. I uh, trained, uh, trained uh, in theatre in the UK and was a touring theatre actor for many years. Very cool. Now, for a first-time passengers on Cunard, what kind of entertainment can they expect on these ships? Well, we have the Royal Court Theatre, which is based on the old Victorian theatres in the West End. It's a three-storey theatre, and every night we have uh, various shows in there. We have a, the Royal Cunard Singers and Dancers, who put on five different production shows. We also have a series of guest artists. We'll have comedians, magic acts, uh, vocalists, and multi-instrumentalists that perform throughout the course of the voyage. That's just in the theatre. We also have a ballroom, uh, which has uh, a seven-piece live orchestra, uh, and that has uh, gentlemen dance hosts. Uh, different balls on various nights throughout the course of the voyage. We have a disco, of course, where we're currently doing the interview. And we've got uh, the Commodore Club and also a, a traditional British pub as well, where we have a pianist, uh, traditional British pub food uh, and trivia quizzes. A lot of the mass market carriers have like a lot of deck activities and such. Will you find that on this line as well? We do do some deck activities, yes. We have certain designated quiet areas of the, of the ship because we tend to find that our guests like to be able to come on board and choose whether they want to be entertained or whether they want to relax. Uh, so we do do some out on the open decks, but we're not certainly as in your face, let's say, as other lines are. I've got to ask you, any plans for the royal wedding on board here? Yes, of course. A very big, very big deal for us. We're having uh, planned street parties. Uh, we 
have live coverage on all three of the Cunard ships uh, in all the different lounges and we'll be having a themed ball to celebrate the affair um, we'll be putting on a show called Victoriana which is all about celebrating royalty and Victorian England so uh, it will be very much a, you know, it'll be a wonderful celebration we have people on board with my own team who know oh. William and, uh, and Kate very well so. oh very cool Entertainment Director Keith Maynard from the UK thanks for being on Cruise Radio man my pleasure thanks very much if you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on Radio Channel. Or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. Each episode, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. When you think of a great pre- and post-cruise destination, Chances are Bayonne, New Jersey is not what comes to mind. But if you're cruising one of many Royal Caribbean or celebrity itineraries that depart from Bayonne's Cape Liberty year-round, know that it happens to be a convenient location for short day trips to check out New York Harbor and its historic surroundings. It's actually a much easier and faster way to tour this area than by coming via New York's Battery Park. That's because a short drive from Bayonne is New Jersey's Liberty State Park, where you can board the same ferry service for a cruise around the harbor for great views of downtown Manhattan, the Brooklyn Bridge, and Governor's Island. The ferry offers hop-on, hop-off stops at both Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty, so definitely schedule plenty of time for exploring. If you're staying in the area overnight, check into evening dinner cruises for another great way to see the harbor. For more information, go to statuecruises.com. With a most innovative idea, we have with us Dr. Bob Baer, who's the director of the Lobster Institute at the University of Maine. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Matt. Great to be here. Very good. And Dr. David J. Nevant, the associate professor of the Department of Chemical and Biological Engineering at the University of Maine. Uh, Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Matt. And uh, just so our listeners know, both doctors gave me the green light to call them by their first name, so... With that in mind, Doug? Hey, guys, Bob, this question is for you. I understand this was your idea. How did you come up with it? Well, actually, I didn't. It was passed to me from one of our graduates, a woman by the name of Karen Orr, who now lives in Denver. Uh, She was out visiting, and she said, I've got this great idea, so uh, we're going to make lobster golf balls. (laughs) And I I started to play around with this in my my basement, so to speak, and I could see I was uh, out of my depth. So that's when I went to Dave, and, and he made it happen. At that time, did you have cruise lines in mind, since that's one of the great places to hit golf balls off the deck? And I'm hoping the cruise lines are placing millions of orders right now for these, since this is obviously a genius idea for the environment. But, but were you thinking in those terms with the cruise lines? Uh, yes, we were, being aware of the, of the uh, environmental laws. Um, and we're standing by for the orders. <laughs> So a lot of inventions are hybrids of other ideas. So, Dave, this one's for you. Was there another invention or concept that helped you with this idea? Really, we took a very different approach. Uh, what we did was, the one design constraint, of course, we had was to have lobster shell in it. And the reason for that, probably Bob can talk to better, but it's a, a waste product from the processing of lobsters and potentially other crustaceans. So it's something that currently is an environmental problem. It's largely landfilled. So, you know, it's a, a good use of it to, to return it to the ocean if possible. And other than that, we... We really kept an open palette, and I chose to use existing uh, polymers that are biologically derived rather than go with a engineered material that would degrade in a specific time frame. So, Bob, even though this sounds so eco-friendly, are you still afraid that there'll be folks who will fight this concept? Oh, I would doubt it. I think, I think this is going to be well embraced by a variety of different groups that you may want to just drive a, 
a golf ball uh, from your place at the lake. Yeah. And uh, I, I think this is, this is going to be well accepted. It is so far. Very good. And back to you, Dave. How many shells does it take to make one ball? That's a really good question, and we should quantitate it because what we tend to do is take a a, lo- you know, a, a package of lobsters and lobster shells that Bob actually sources from processors for us and clean them up and grind them up till we have a powder. And yeah. to be honest, I've not actually quantitated how many lobsters it takes to make a certain quantity of powder. So. Yeah, where do you get the shells? These come from lobster processors. A certain amount of the lobster catch uh, gets sold in pieces, so to speak. Uh, you buy a lobster tail, and uh, the, the tail is cooked and frozen, but the front end of that lobster is cooked, and the meat is, is picked and frozen and used in a variety of, of different types of uh, value-added products. It goes to restaurants and and um, and also just uh, some to, goes to consumers. But when you do that, there's a lot of leftover shell, and that's what we're dealing with. It's primarily shell from the body and the claws and what they call the knuckles of the uh, lobster. And there are a number of processing plants that, uh, that do this right. in Maine and also in Canada. Dave, how long does it take for one ball to decompose once it hits the water? We've done field trials, and we're looking at a degradation time on the order of a week, two weeks, something in that order. Wow. It's going to depend a little on the ocean conditions and temperatures and so on. Now, are either of you golfers? Sort of. I um, The best round I've ever had is a 90, and that was 20 years ago, yeah. so I don't think I'd qualify as a good golfer. So do they hit like regular balls? Yeah, Bob and I spent spent several times out in the fields at the university driving these things, getting really strange looks from the groundskeepers. Yeah. So what we find is with an iron, they travel a very similar distance to a conventional golf ball. you got the same kind of feel. Yeah, you get the same feel, the same noise off the club, the same flight. Yeah, I really like the sound. we got to get the word out on this. This is absolutely brilliant idea, and it's a, a marvelous thing, obviously, you're doing for the environment, which is a, a big, big part of it. Um, but thank you all so much for talking to us. Dr. Bob Baer, the director of the Lobster Institute at the University of Maine, and Dr. David J. Nevant the Associate Professor of the Department of Chemical and Biological Engineering at the University of Maine as well. Guys, thank you so much for spending time with us. Pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Absolute pleasure. Special thanks to TJ Macy from AdventuresInCruising.com, Tim Willoughby from CruiseLineFans.com, and Cruz Bart from Twitter for submitting some of these questions. And here's a fun fact. Guess how much the raw material costs per golf ball? $20. 19 cents. Wow. And I actually linked the article from our website. (laughs) Yeah, at cruiseradio.net. Check it out. Have a question for the experts? Or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Now each week we try and save you a little bit of money thanks to cruisesforless.com. And a good round of deals for you this week. One night cruises between Vancouver and Seattle as low as $29, a staple of the beginning and end of Holland America Line's Alaska cruise season. These one-night repositioning sailings are a great opportunity to earn cruise credit towards a higher loyalty status. And they're a fun way to escape for a night and enjoy a gourmet dinner and evening of entertainment. Perfect if you live on the West Coast. May 6th on the Westerdam, inside our ocean view from $49, balcony from $59, suite from $69. May 7th on the Oosterdam, Inside from 49, ocean view or balcony from 59, suite from 79. And May 12th, 
on the Amsterdam Insider Ocean View from 29, Suite from 59. If you're looking to go over to the Bahamas aboard the Carnival Imagination out of Miami, you can book early and save big. This actually skips Freeport, too, and you get to overnight in Nassau instead. December 9th this year from $169, and all other fall dates are just $10 more. And the last-minute deal here, seven-night Western Caribbean aboard the Crown Princess out of Fort Lauderdale. It goes to Roatan, Cayman, uh, Cozumel, and the Princess Kays. For the April 23rd sale, you can cruise from just $399, an ocean view for $499, or a balcony for just $599. As always, call 888-973-SHIP. That's 888-973-7447. Or go to cruisesforless.com slash cruise radio. All right, that's going to do it. Some surprises next week. And, of course, as always, Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy will have more news and commentary. We want to give you stuff. Yeah, if you're not on our Facebook page, go to facebook.com slash cruise radio. We're doing a contest all month long in conjunction with Porthole Cruise Magazine. Hook you up with some Porthole goodies, a canvas tote bag filled with a 15th anniversary Porthole Cruise magazine and their anniversary shirt. Here's all you do. Go to Facebook.com slash Cruise Radio and simply tag yourself in the Porthole Cruise magazine photo. And if you don't know how to tag yourself, all you have to do is when you go to Facebook.com slash Cruise Radio, click on the Porthole picture. You'll click on it. The bottom left, it says tag this photo. Tag yourself in the photo, and you're in to win. Very simple. Don't forget, we're on Stitcher Radio, a real simple, free, easy way to listen to our show and other live streaming radio. Just go to Stitcher Radio and search Cruise Radio. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, Email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.